Joel Shaw says, go, we're going to go. Jaden Ironman is joining us today. Thank you very much, Jaden. I appreciate you taking time for us. Oh, no problem. Hey, so, you know, Joel and I were actually talking yesterday. You might be our first current Hawkeye. And now, now Joel said you are our first Hawkeye to come on the show. But technically, we had Dresser on not too long ago. Yeah, so, but he's more like, out of state now. <laughs> yeah, so that, I don't know if that really counts. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on. But you didn't start your your college journey as a Hawkeye. Can you talk to me a little bit about like what the expectation is and why it's different in that black and gold? Yeah, um, you know, like I started at Mizzou and it – I will always like have the most respect for them and what they did for me in my early college years. And then I started looking at my international career when I was, you know, looking to graduate and I was looking what I needed to be, what I needed to be the, you know, the next, next best thing of my part of wrestling. And I knew I needed that, that go of that gas tank that, you know, will to work hard. And Iowa was the perfect fit for me. I knew, in my heart, that's where I needed to be. And, you know, I got there, uh, came up short in the season where I took second. And, but that training style there is just, is you're never going to have an off day. Like you're never going to have like, not an off day, but never have an easy go because the weight's so stacked. There's, there are four or five deep. And that's like, I think what brings people to Iowa is because they've been the best for years and they have that history and they just keep bringing kids in and in. And that's what I think separates, you know, Iowa from everybody is how deep everybody is and the practices where, you know, you're going hard, you're going to break your opponent and you're going to keep going scoring. How often does that term come up in the room? Because I know in our room, you know, I, I, and I, I guess it's in most rooms, as we're ramping up towards competition, right? So let's say mm-hmm. on Saturday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday are tough goes. You know, Wednesday, Thursdays are, are tough goes. And there's there's a lot. There's a lot that, that like, we'll, we'll say, go break them. Go break them. Put them into the wall. Go break them. Go, yeah, put them. Yeah, definitely not return them to a mm-hmm. hit. Yeah. How, um, how often is that a function now? Or is it just innate in you guys? No, for sure. It is talked about like, you know, beginning of the week is going to be really hard. Say we have a match on Friday and we'll go really hard on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is kind of like, um, you know, off day, do whatever you need to like get your body feeling good again. Thursday is going to be a good spike. And Friday we're you know, we're going out there and dominating. But, you know, when we're in that practice room, it's you put your will, like put your force onto that guy and, you know, you want to break them mentally, but you know, it's doing it in a good way, not doing it as I'm going to hurt you. It's breaking you mentally and doing the right moves to doing it. You know, that's tough though. Jaden, it is. Because <laughs> we got kids on the side. We got freshmen on the sideline with broken collarbones right now. Going, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not about going out there and, you know, hurting him or putting him in it's more about 
scoring and breaking him mentally. And that's what, you know, Iowa's been, you know, so good at for so many years is they go out there and just put up points and they put that pressure on you where you're, you know, might be close in the first, second period, but that third period is just going to, that lead's going to keep growing and growing and growing because you're going to go out there and just keep going after them. No one, as, as far as I'm concerned, is immune to breaking in practice. No one. Can you give mm-hmm. an instance of like a time where you just threw your hands up in the air and like, I can't do this right now? Ah, oh, man, probably wrestling Sorensen. <laughs> Sorensen would just, you know, put it on me and I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't like it. I don't like it. But he was so tough. You know, DeSanto going with DeSanto a lot. He just, he has a motor for days. And so, you know, being surrounded by all those people, it like really elevated my wrestling because I, my gas tank was getting better and better and better, which means like I'm able to wrestle more and put more of my style into it and put up points on the board. Um, Joel, do you want to jump in? Cause I, I could go all day. All right. So you, you mentioned DeSanto and, and you guys are putting together a really nice little stable of senior level athletes um guys that were a part of that national championship team talk to like it's not easy to transition to a very rigid kind of practice schedule go to class Mm -hmm. that type of thing it's not easy to transition to a senior level where a lot of the onus is put on you how much of the how much does do the coaches try to keep the senior level guys in line how much do you have to do it on your own and how much is it like you look at guys like the santo spencer you and you guys kind of keep yourselves in line how much of it is is one or the other um you know the you know their coaches are involved a lot you know it's not just us so they're always going to be there with us helping us if they, we need help you know but yeah for me i love it because wrestling's my life like i wasn't a big got believer in school but you know i had to do it because i had to get my education i had to do that so i could wrestle so i had to do what was done but now that i'm just wrestling full time it's I'm doing what I love and it's awesome. So it's more being focused on what you're going to do for your body and your health. You know, it's because your, your body's your, you know, your, your payroll now, kind of your, your professional athlete and co- that college season, you know, it was tough, you know, making weight every single week. So now being in the senior level, making weight, maybe five, six times a year for tournaments, you know, and I, I like that personally. I get to let my body rest because I'm getting older. So I have to do things more the correct way. And, you know, I have to eat healthy, make sure my body's recovering. So it's, you know, it is more on us to make sure we're doing the right things. But the coaches are there to help guide us if we need help. Yeah, that makes sense. What is your, what is your, like, I mean, so if a, here's what's funny to me. My son. <laughs> Son wants to be a world champion, <laughs> but he don't know <laughs> what that means yet. <laughs> he thinks he knows, and, and that's adorable. Um, but yeah, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't know. So, 
what does a day-to-day look like for a person that is truly running down world and olympic gold med- like so something tells me and i don't know but something tells me that right now who's at the top uh well, like so zane right zane won a world title mm-hmm. he's going your weight something tells me that you right out of college your day-to-day might look a little different than zane's right yeah now. so tell me what your day-to-day looks like um as you're hunting down a world olympic gold medal so now um um i just came back from injury so you know i was starting to ramp it up uh get my body back in shape um usually i'll have morning practice at 8 a.m um and then you know tuesday thursday friday we usually work out in the morning like wrestling then you know monday wednesday is kind of what you know we do on our own and then afternoon is you know get what you need so i'll work out at 8 a.m i'll go eat breakfast afterwards you know might take like a little hour nap to you know get my body back and then i'll wake up might play some games with the guys online or go you know walk around outside or something it's starting to get colder here in iowa so that's harder to do but it's really just putting all my focus on wrestling and thinking about it every day and I'll hang out with my girlfriend. We'll go get food or uh, do whatever, you know, go shopping or walk around. And then I get ready to go again at three o'clock. And usually I lift in the afternoons on, you know, Tuesdays or Fridays. And just it's a lot of making sure your body's perfectly ready to go for the upcoming event, you know. And then we're also there to help out um, if college guys need us. Like we're here there to mentor them. So I'm. I'm able to be around wrestling a lot, and that's helping me grow as a competitor. Yeah, that makes. How do you? I'm sorry. Guys. How do you? Uh, you know, one of the things you talked about is you, you have a lot less structure to kind of when you compete. Obviously, instead of going on a you know, weekly basis, that it kind of starts to turn into a monthly thing. How do you kind of keep the uh, motivation day in and day out to continue to kind of push yourself when you know a competition is so far out? Yeah, um, that is a good thing because, like, you can, you know, forget about it. And the next thing you know, the month's up and it's ready to compete. So it's you kind of have to keep yourself into that, like, frame of mind. And I think with college wrestling, you know, going on right now, it's getting that, you know, competitor in me because I I go to the duels and I see that wrestling. I'm like, oh, that kind of makes me feel like what it used to be like and makes me want to – you know stay ready and because it's you know my time's coming up soon that type of that's how i keep myself in the moment dude you um i was there the last time you and i spoke in person it was the day before your surgery i don't know if you remember that Mm -hmm. but leading up to that day i remember feeling really bad for you and i'm and I say that, and I truly mean it. Like, you looked like a person that had every will and intention to compete, but you just, you know, you were you were like a, you know, a Viking without a sword. You just couldn't, like, literally couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. How how frustrating does that become? And how how are you willing yourself? through that stuff because you know you something tells me that wasn't a planned mm-hmm. injury <laughs> that was, yeah it was something that had been going on for a while 
you know, I know that nobody wants to stay in college for forever, but something tells me that you probably could have pulled the plug on that season a whole lot earlier, thought about a, a medical red shirt and, and, and probably gotten it. What made you will yourself to that national tournament that year yeah. in college? It was, you know, that season was interesting. You know, I wasn't, you know, living the life that I should have been. I was like not doing the right things for my body to, you know, keep healthy and, you know, just kept getting injured, little nicks here and there. Um, I remember one practice I, I landed and my hand landed backwards and my pinky went all the way back to my hand. So I thought it broke my finger for a while and it just got dislocated, thankfully. But, you know, I had a wrap on the whole season. I'm like, man, this just keeps bothering me. And then, you know, my last match against Chad Red, that's when I tear my ACL. And, you know, I was like, ah, oh, what? But I got to go through with it. You know, I got to try to finish this for me. And, you know, the reason I don't have really any regret with that is because I went out there at Nationals and I put my heart and soul into that tournament. And I came up short, but I know that I did everything in my power to wrestle. And, you know, it happened, injuries happens. Um, I probably shouldn't have put myself in that match against Chad Red where I, I'm trying some funky stuff and next thing I know I'm blowing my knee out, but I should have just got my legs back. But that's on me to learn and, you know, get ready for the future. And, you know, maybe I can't be doing all that crazy stuff anymore at the age I'm at and, you know, got to start protecting my body. How many times? <laughs> How many times? A How many times has Tom Brands said, get, get your legs back to you? A lot. <laughs> and he says you he and he and he says it in a good way where it's like you get your legs back first, then your stuff works. And I'm like, Yeah, you're right. I need to start listening. Well, what fun is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, but he's there and my cradle's coming. It's <laughs> but, but yeah, and, like but now I'm, yeah, but now it's like I'm I'm realizing that good basic work, like good ba basic defense helps my style of wrestling and it you know it just adds to it and fuels it and that's why i feel like my senior career is gonna you know keep getting better and better as it goes on do you feel like going to iowa helped to shift your focus to be more basic with your wrestling mm -hmm. it did um because you know i had to like focus because that big 10 schedule is no joke like, I went from the MAC conference, which I'm not knocking the MAC conference, but I went from the MAC conference to the Big Ten conference, and you're wrestling a ranked guy every single match pretty much. And, you know, because that's that conference is so tough, and I liked it, but it made me, you know, really focus on get my legs back or, you know, blocking them to where I'm, they're not getting in so deep and putting myself at risk for injury. And, you know, then putting it on them and doing my, my style that makes me me, you know. So I feel like it just improves on to my style with okay. the basic defense. I'm going to halfway call you on bullshit. And here's what I mean by that. And I, and I, I mean it lovingly. Because mm -hmm. I know your dad and I know how he emphasizes creativity. Mm-hmm. And he's such a, a unique wrestling coach in my eyes. I, I've always held him at a really high esteem. 
how resistant were you as a human being to the rigidity of get your head in the way, get your hands in the way? How like were you at all resistant? Like I know we're goofing and when we're saying, mm -hmm. yeah, but my cradle's coming. Yeah, that's fine. But you intellectually, intellectually, I'm sure you know, like, hey, if I get my head and hands in the way, the chances of him scoring go way down. You know? Yeah. But, oh, for sure. So how much how much of it was you resisting a little bit against what Tom and Terry know is right and what you know is right? Yeah. Um, I really wasn't resisting that much. Like it took a little bit to get me to, you know do that do those things because it's it's a habit like i I'm, i've done this my whole life like it's it's become like a force of habit for me to do so it was really kind of breaking that habit but not in a bad way and in, into improving because now like i know that i can get my hands down i can get them under into a front headlock and then i can maybe go cradle like that's where i can work from or get my way on top to an easy takedown then put my you know i was a good leg rider in college so like it would add up and help me, but I just needed to get on top. So it just took a little bit to break the habit that I was in. Yeah. What was that process like for you to break that habit? Like, what were you, was it drilling? Was it sparring? What kind of did that look repetitions, like? Repetitions, yeah, drilling, repetitions, you know, putting myself in those positions, you know, we'd go situations and say, guys down by one with 30 seconds left, he's coming after you. And I got to you know to put my head in the right place, my hands on him, you know, don't be lazy and just, oh, oh, now he's in on a shot with 10 seconds left and we're battling. It's, you know, there's 30 seconds left. He's coming at me. This is what I'm going to do. So a lot of repetitions, a lot of that. And, you know, when you just do it over, over time, it just, you know, becomes part of your habit. Man, I have a hard time getting kids to fall back on uh, to fall back on solid fundamental technique when when they know like a kid you know a kid that that is down by or that is up by one with 30 seconds left you know your opponent's coming at you you got 30 seconds you could if he gets to a leg there's a 50 mm -hmm. shot Mm -hmm. off that takedown because it's only 30 seconds right but there's a 90 percent chance that he doesn't score if you keep your head in the way so how many times because and then even though you're in the room you know you're a competitor yeah you, you can compete in there how often did you have to mentally check yourself and go dude i've got to get my head in the way i know i i know i can keep yeah. I know I can keep him on a leg and have him not score for 30 seconds, but that's not the point. Mm -hmm. How many times yeah. do you really have to check yourself? A lot, you know, it's a lot. And, you know, I put myself with the, the good guys, like the high level. I wrestled DeSanto a lot. So, you know, 30 seconds left, he's coming at you with everything you have. So you have to be like ready, but it's also what was good was putting ourselves at the end of practice when we're exhausted, dead tired and putting ourselves in that position to where, when you're tired like this, this is how you're going to, you know, you're practicing how you're going to do it. End of the match, you're going to be exhausted. So we're putting ourselves in those positions with 30 seconds left when we're exhausted, you know, brink of falling over. But you're trying to have good habits. So when we're doing that, it makes it, like, really familiar. 
and you know just doing that a lot and you know sometimes it's not going to work sometimes you're going to get taken down and it's not to be discouraged it's oh don't get upset it's you know all right well let's do it again you know and i think that's what people happen at practice sometimes is they think about winning and losing too much rather than improving on getting better because when you think about winning and losing in the practice room it's the practice is it's it's a wash because you're you're not looking to improve you're just looking to win so you're going to do things that are just you know that and i feel like also when i'm up by one with 30 seconds left that doesn't mean i'm not looking to score either because if i just go on the defensive i'm just looking to you know not to lose and that's when people lose a lot rather than the, i'm looking to win man that's a funny thing I'm dealing with that right now. I have a couple high level guys that, okay. And now this is going to change person to person, mm-hmm. but I know that you have a coach's mindset as well. So I'm going to ask you this. If you're up by one, there is a point where you maybe don't think about scoring. Now that might mm-hmm. be 10 seconds left. That might be yeah. seconds left. That might be, th- that might be, but everyone has that point mm-hmm. where let's say you got a short stocky guy, not like, yeah. yeah. where do you think that point should be where he just has to shut it down and brick it up and he goes on full defense, especially mm-hmm. on international styles, right? Yeah. As much in full, but. Um, that's more of like a feeling where I would ask, like, you know, from a co- coaching standpoint, it would be, I'd ask the wrestler, like, hey, where do you feel comfortable? Like, what's, what are you thinking in this scenario? What are you thinking in this, like, situation that's happening in your mind? And for me personally, when there's 30 seconds left and I'm up by one, like, I'm staying in good position, my hands on his head. If he shoots, like, I can get to my single really nice, or I can snap him and get to my front headlock, you know, maybe waste 10, five seconds restart and then i'm kind of like not running away backwards but i'm my my hands are on them but they're not like on them like this where my thumbs are over his shoulder my thumbs are down because i'm stopping him if your thumbs are over you're sliding over the top of them so that was just always going through my mind like how i put myself in those situations and you know because i i gotta be ready for this because that's how wrestling is like i can't not put myself in that situation and then it comes into the match where i'm up by one with 30 seconds left and i don't know what to do Mm -hmm. and that's why it's good to like put yourself in these scenarios okay now i'm going to go on the other end of the spectrum you're down by one when do you start your sprint right because jb's sprint starts a lot later than a lot of people Mm -hmm. and and maybe kyle snyder's sprint starts earlier than most people Mm-hmm. At what point do you go, all right, I'm down by one. I got to score. Um, let's say uh, one point step out doesn't get it. You need it to yeah. you need multiple scores. What is it a minute in? Is it 45 in? Um, depends on, you know, how long left. If there's a minute left and I'm down, I'm going for a minute hard. Like I, I'm watching wrestling and I hate it, but like I'm watching kids wrestle and they're down losing by one and they're just you know standing in front of the guy i'm like oh that's driving me nuts like from my standpoint like i would be going 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 until you know it's gonna he's gonna eventually you know break maybe but you never know 
And that's what I just love about practice because, you know, you're waiting for someone to break and say you break. And then you're like, you know, there's been times where I, I, I break and Terry's like, maybe five more seconds he would have broke. And that kind of puts into my head, like, you know, you're right. Maybe five more seconds he would have broke. So that helped me, you know, put how that often, mindset. Yeah, but how often do you have that cognitive thought? No, not not very often. No, it doesn't. Like it never, it never actually like no. sneaks into your brain when it matters. Like no, it's, it's true. Like one hundred percent, it's true. Like there's a good chance that five more seconds that dude would break, but it just never seems to find its way into your brain mm-hmm. when it matters. Yeah, when it matters, but it matters when the practice, like practicing that comes in. You know, putting the repetitions of that into the work, and that's when it, you know, it shows. You know, when there's – if Austin DeSantos down by one with a minute left, you know he's going a minute hard to get that. And, you know, it's going to break that guy. So it's kind of like, you know what, I need to just put my head down and get that takedown. And that's – so my my burst when it's down by one is pretty much the whole whole go. That's unbelievable. That's Because people people listen to this, maybe they're – because let's be honest, like no one no one's listening to this that never wrestled. Mm-hmm. We have a couple, actually, a couple of our high school wrestling moms do listen to this podcast quite a bit. Um, but shout out to Mrs. Condon. Um, but for the most part, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast have wrestled in the past. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of them, maybe that are my age, are removed, are so far removed from the sport that they go, "Well, it's just a minute." Oh, that minute's a long time. <laughs> it's a lifetime. I know. I remember being in practice, and they're like minute left, and we're going, and we break out of bounds. He goes, "All right, you got thirty more seconds." I'm like, "That's the longest thirty seconds of my life." But all right, I got it. Okay, cool, cool. I guess I could go for double the amount of time I just yeah. Did. But so it was cool. awesome because. You know, growing up, Mike would do this with us, and he would say there's a minute left, but really he'd run the time for, like, three minutes. And, you know, that's something that really helped us because we're like, all right, it's a minute, but my condition is getting better. You know, that's kind of like when we would do push-ups, um, he would be like, we're, like, just go, and he counts for us. And we're like, what are we at? And he's like, you're at 50, but really we're at 100. And then the next thing, I'm like, oh, what am I at? He's like, you're at 100, but you're really at 200. And it's not really thinking about it. You're just putting that, you know, work in. And then at the end of the result, you're like, hey, you did this amount, actually. And it's like, wow, I didn't even realize it. So kind of when we're in that mindset of I'm going to go, it's maybe I was down by one with a minute left. Next thing I know, end of the period, I look up, I, I won five by five because I'm, I just kept going after him. Head down motor mm-hmm. joel shaw do you do that in your practices like say it's going to be a minute left and then double triple the time no but now i kind of want to <laughs> I, you know i i i used to when i was younger because i was a lot meaner i was so much meaner when I was younger. like my, my my son was like what happened you got soft um <laughs> but you're right i think i should start doing that more often 
Only. And like we would have you ever like we'd go overseas, you know, for international career uh, and we'll do, we'll, you know, the international guys who sauna us. And so we'll be in there and we'll do a Russian sauna where they're like, you know, going through the motion. And he's like, you got to sit here for 15 minutes and you just like put your head down. And you're just thinking about everything. And then you think that the time's up because you don't know. But it really has been 20 minutes and it's like, wow, you're like you're really putting that work in. And it's it's just awesome when you get done with it. It's like, you know, be proud of yourself. Buddy, the listen, I've been in saunas all over the world. <laughs> listen, I've been in saunas all over this this world. Hawkeye Wrestling Club sauna is <laughs> top three hottest I've ever been in. And it ain't it's it's a hot one. It's, it's a warm one. It's a warm <laughs> one. And and it's got a metal plate that's about, you know, four foot by four foot. Mm-hmm. Above mm-hmm. the burners, and that some bitch gets hot, and you throw a little bit of water on that, and you sizzle it. Good oh, lord! Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah! Talk to me about some sauna talk, man. Like, there's got to be some good stories in the sauna at the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Yeah, there's good ones, I guess. There's been times where I break, I break in the sauna all the time, like just because it's like I hate, I my, I, I get overheated so fast. You know, like I'm, I'm a hairy individual. I have a sweater on when I'm just having my shirtless. You know. <laughs> So I'm like, I'm just overheating. And he's like, you put put your head back. Like they're getting your buddy right next to you is your guy, you know. And I have Sorensen right next to me. And he's just, you know, keeping me good because like that it, it, bond, it makes a bond really great with guys because you're like there for one another when it's when it's hurting. Yeah. So it it, it gets hot in there. <laughs> I broke a couple of times. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> I uh, actually I have a funny Hawkeye Wrestling Club sauna story. Do you know Nikki Rod, the big girl? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So She's probably here for who's number one. Yes. So he was in town. They were putting on him versus Pat Downey in a wrestling mm-hmm. match. And Nikki Rod, for those of you that don't know, is six three two thirty two forty. Uh, he's a big old boy, and he doesn't have a whole lot of fat on him. And so I got done with a workout. I go sit in the sauna. I get in a cold plunge. I sit in the sauna. I think I did 20 minutes, two minutes, and 15 minutes in the sauna. And I get out, and Nicky Rod is riding an airdyne, and he's pouting like somebody stole his lunch money. <laughs> Nicky, what's wrong with you? He's like, he's like, nobody wants to drill with me, man. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, cool. I'll go with you. So I strapped back. <laughs> I couldn't open my fingers. <laughs> in like three minutes into the go, I'm like, Nikki, this is not going well for me. Can you just not thump my head for a second? Like I can't open my hands. I had like claws, I had lobster claws <laughs> for about 20 minutes. And that's about all I gave him was about 20 minutes. And, and I was hurting. He's bad. a big boy. Yeah, he's a big old boy. Um, okay, I'm going to digress. I want to go to Flow State. Uh, how do so? What I love about the way that you wrestle is there is a genuine joy that comes across when you're wrestling. Like you truly like being out there. Mm-hmm. How do you go about getting to your? flow state how do you go about 
blocking everything out and getting to your flow state? Um, for me, it's, you know, diff it's hard to explain. Like I, there's like a s switch in my mind that I can, when it's time to go, like I'm ready to go. Like I can joke around all that before the match, you know, I'm not like really serious. Like I, I like to talk to people. I like to, you know, not put so much focus onto it, but when it's go time, like I just flip that switch and I just love to be out there. And when I'm wrestling, it's, it's never like I'm focused on this to do this, to do this. It's okay. I'm wrestling like whatever he gives me, I'm going to take. And it's kind of like, you know, playing chess for me. Like I'm taking the moves that are handed in front of me that I see. And then I'm building off of that. So it's never like I have to do this to do this to do this because if that doesn't work, then I'm like, uh, what what next? It's more okay. He steps his leg forward. I'm gonna slap it. He's gonna pull it back. Maybe I'm gonna go left side. You know, ankle pick, or I'm gonna go to my drag. He steps out of it. I'm going to my high crotch. It's kind of like 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 poetry in motion, kind of for me. It's just letting everything unfold in front of me and taking what's advantage. That's kind well, of what I want to some of these quicker questions. Say that again. You talked about. Do you have anything for for Jaden? Because I want to start getting to some of these quicker questions here soon. All right. Yeah, I have one quick question. What is, what would you say is the biggest misconception about the University of Iowa? Ooh. The biggest misconception is, I would say, the overworking, like we overwork our guys or they always get injured. You know, those is always hear things that, you know, come from the outside world. And to me, I, you know, wrestling is you're going to get hurt in this sport. And, you know, I was hurt when I was at the University of Missouri, it's it's something that's like not, you know, uncommon. And the overworking part is we actually like, it's pretty laid back compared to what I was like expecting. Like, you know, when it's time for the season, we were going, you know, hard Monday, Tuesday, like I was saying, off Wednesday. Like I really, when I was other, like never got an off day. But when I came to Iowa, they're like, no, like, we want you to rest your body. You know, you're off on the weekends. You know, it was really, like, n not what I was expecting. And because of the, you know, what the world, outside world was saying about them, you know, I was going in thinking, like, it's going to be hard every single day. And that's just not true. It's, you know, they're, you know, some days it might be, hey, you're on your own. Get what you need on the mat. And, you know, we'd wrestle. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to go live today and that that would be OK. It's just what my body needed. Hmm. So it's really they they put the belief in you and they want you to make sure you you are good to go. Ooh, I got one good. more. I got one more thing oh, before we start getting to those quick questions. You were. At the University of Iowa before there was a women's team. And now you're there mm -hmm. while there's a women's team. Mm -hmm. How's that? What's I mean, like, you know, I don't know what it looks like because I just never been, mm -hmm. you know, I never been. Well, we, like so that. we have practice in the morning mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, and then at 930, we have to be out of the room because the women come in from like 930 to I think 12 is when they have the next block part, like block of the out, like their section. And then they leave at 12 and then we go again at three. And then we're done by, you know, whatever time we get out of practice at three after three. And then they have it, you know, if they want to go in at night. So it's kind of, we we're work, making it work. And then with our new facility coming up, it'll be a lot better. But, you know, there's there's been really no issues. It's been flowing pretty good. You know, both of us are ranked top five, five in the country right now, I think. So it's really, really going well for us. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, man. It's an interesting thing. You know, I mean, basketball does it, right? They share mm-hmm. court, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't be any different. It's not, I guess, but. I just, you know, it's it's interesting. Wrestling becomes so personal, and it becomes like this is my house. You know, the wrestling mm-hmm. home. It's just, it's an interesting dynamic, man. Um, and I just want to see how it plays out over the years. Um, mm-hmm. All right, let's get to some quick questions. If you were building a wrestler from scratch, would they be short, stocky, powerful, or long, lanky, and flexible? I would go with long, lanky, flexible, like a. Perfect example would be like a Gustavier uh, Satia of Adam Satia. Like those guys were very, very long and lanky, but they're they're still fundamentally strong. Yeah, yeah, they were. Satia brothers are pretty crazy in every single. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, favorite wrestling shoe of all time? Probably. I, I love the freaks. I love really? I love I, I love the freaks. They just feel great on me. You know, I just actually got a new pair, like new pair that were never the black worn. ones or white ones. The black ones. Yeah. I do like the white ones, but the black ones are so nice. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I did love the Rulons growing up and then they stopped making those, but yeah. I just I love the I love the freaks. They feel perfect on my feet. <laughs> I don't, you know, not, I shouldn't hate because I don't, I don't think I've ever had a pair of freaks. I just, I always looked at the bottom of them and go, oh, I'm just going to slip everywhere. On <laughs> it, I, I never really slipped on them. Those are like the one shoes I don't slip. That's interesting. Okay. Um, if you could change, like you had a magic wand, you could change one thing about the sport of wrestling, what would it be? Probably, I don't know, the length of the season maybe is a little long. Okay. Um, or, you know, not getting people to cut so much weight. Because I feel like weight cutting draw take, like, takes away from you wanting to grow and learn from wrestling. And, you know, be that ability. I'm not going to get rid of cutting weight. Like, there obviously need to be weight classes and all that, but there don't need to be kids cutting 15 to 20 pounds a week, you no. know, every week, because then that becomes your focus rather than wanting to get better at practice. Well, let me ask you this. Is there a specific, like, cause I, I think there are ways that we can go about this sport to stop weight cutting in, in new sports. Like Matt side weigh-ins would do it. Like it would do it. it would. Because, you know, you, you're going to be good at – you have to compete right after. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, getting on a good diet, like, in college, like, 
I cut weight completely different than I did in high school than I did college. Like it became so much easier for me in college because I was on a good diet. I would keep my weight within like seven, seven to eight pounds. Like I don't think in the season I never got above 10 pounds above my weight. And it was, I would work out and then I'm leaving practice like, you know, for whatever it is. Like right now, even for me and being a senior level, like I walk in every single day around anywhere from 48 to 50 is when I'm going into practice. And then I'm leaving at, you know, 45, 46. And yeah, then I go. Good theoretical, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about implanting the brain of a 20 something year old man into a chunk. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. even worse, a know-nothing dad that is cutting away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate, I don't like that stuff. Like, when I was growing up, I never cut it weight. Like, I was just a small kid. Like, I was 12 and under 67 pounds. You know, my last year, in, you know, youth wrestling, I was 105 pounds. Like, I just wasn't a big kid, but I never cut that weight. The most weight I ever cut was, like, maybe five pounds. So, it was able to just grow in wrestling that's why i feel like i never got burnt out or had a hatred for the sport yeah no like that's a big part of it man. if people that tell you that that weight cutting doesn't have any long lasting effect is oh yeah it does for sure they're crazy i mean like, mm-hmm. it's nonsense all right last one and then we'll, we'll cut you out of here who is on the mount rushmore of wrestling Mount Rushmore wrestling. Oh, that is hard. I would say, yeah, Satiev. Um, gotta be, gotta be Americans. No, it doesn't. Uh, no, 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 it, it doesn't. doesn't. I want Ubisar on there. <laughs> what are like, you talking he, about? <laughs> If we're talking about, if we're talking about, if we're talking about American, I would have to go. Um, you have JB. Okay. Um, you have Kale Sanderson. You know, going undefeated in high college. Uh-huh. Um, for me, I'm gonna put the brands brothers that like just together because they were just dominant in college. Like there was just something about like, you would never want to wrestle them ever. I, I would tend to agree with that. They changed. They changed the, they, they wrote, made the, mm-hmm. the a lot higher. Um, like they put the fear of God in you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and don't, take them down. don't take them down. Don't do no. that. Don't do that. Cause you're going to get hurt. There was guys that mm-hmm. I, I've seen. I've seen footage of guys getting nine tenths of a takedown on Terry and going, "You know what? I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just back." Um, so I have oh, those three. Well, that's four. Let's. That's four. Okay, that's four. Commentary is four. for me. Honestly, my fifth one is gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be my dad because Mike because. People, he was the greatest. Pre- like he, you know, when he competed, he just had something like a mental block. But when he was in the practice room, I watched him like just beat the living hell out of everyone, and it didn't matter if like you were like when Jaden Jaden Cox was training for the 2016 Olympics. Like Mike was working out with him, 
it was like awesome watching those two together. I'm like, Mike is 48, like 45 years old right now wrestling, and he's still looking amazing. Like, I never even came close to beating him until I was, you know, until he got older and like the, the conditioning played a factor into it. But we would wrestle, and I'd be like, I just can't do anything about this. Like, I've never felt somebody so good in my life. And, you know, and that happens where a wrestler has a block and, you know, when they go to compete. But in practice room, like, he was just untouchable. Lights out. Like, I I watched him when he coached at Mizzou. He would start at the beginning of the lineup and go all the way to heavyweight, and he would just tear them all up. And I'm like, what the hell? Lord, really? Yeah. It was just awesome to watch. And. You know, that's why I was so grateful to have him as a coach and, you know, as a dad. That's awesome. That was awesome. So much respect for Mike Ironman. Just so much. Like, and it keeps on, the the respect keeps on getting bigger. It's it's amazing Mm -hmm. what that guy's done. He's one of the kind of um, low-key shifts in this sport. You know, when he started coming, when he started having the club and started training people, it it made everyone else around the country raise their game just a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, dude, there's cats out there like Mike Ironman that are producing guys that don't have a style of wrestling. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, there was the Blair style of wrestling, and then there was the Sam style of wrestling, and then there was the West Coast style of wrestling, Midwest. But Mike Ironman's guys, they were squirrely from every position. They were really, really well conditioned. Yeah, he, he raised the bar out there, man, for sure. All right, Jaden Ironman, thank you so much. No problem. Um, how do people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you, brother? Uh, um, you can, you know, uh, message me on my Instagram or Twitter. Um, my email is theriddler65kg at gmail.com. I'm always open to chat or if anything, you know, anybody needs anything, I'm always open to give back to the community because I want to help grow the sport. You're the best brother, man. Thank you very much for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. No problem. Thank you very much.